What's going on guys, just another critic here, welcome back to the channel. We're continuing my college football predictions for week 12 with the Minnesota Gophers going to play the Iowa Hawkeyes, home game for the Hawkeyes, 6-3, and 3-3 three, three and three in conference, Minnesota 9-0, and 6-0 in conference, coming off a big win versus Penn State. For those of you betting on the game, Minnesota sitting at 5-2-1 against the spread. Iowa sitting at 3-5 and 3-5 against the spread. Number currently sits at 2.5 in favor of Iowa. Over-under was sitting at 48 the last time I checked it. Quickly, let's jump into statistics and then we can get into my own thoughts as well as my final score prediction. Right now, Minnesota averaging 37 points per game, allowing 20 points per game. Offense is averaging 237 through the air and 195 on the ground. Defense is allowing 185 through the air and 124 on the ground. Iowa, on the other hand, averaging 24 points per game, allowing 11 points per game. Offense is averaging 242 through the air and 139 on the ground. Defense is allowing 177 through the air and just 111 on the ground. Taking a look at Minnesota first, on offense, the thing that impressed me the most, especially in their matchup, with Penn State was their ability to dominate at the line of scrimmage. They were really able to do whatever they wanted offensively because they were able to run the ball so well. So in turn, obviously, when that happens, you've got to commit more guys into the box, which opens up more opportunities in the secondary for your wide receivers. And we saw that happen where Minnesota was able to make some big plays in, against this uh, Penn State secondary, who was highly touted coming into this matchup. We saw that big play from Rashad Bateman. We saw Tyler Johnson make some big plays. There was big plays and explosive plays happening all over the field in both phases of their game in the run as well as in the pass game and all that boils down to their dominance at the line of scrimmage and it's something that I talked about going into that matchup because their size advantage over the Penn State defensive front that there's a possibility that they're going to be able to bully them at the at the point of attack there was also a lot of good things to say about Tanner Morgan he he just pretty much took what the defense gave him um, made the throws that needed to be made he was accurate on time Ball placement was on the money, and really they got a lot of produ production from him as well as the running backs, Rodney Smith, Mohamed Ibrahim, and it was just an overall great performance from this offense, starting from the offensive line, leading back to the running backs, and of course into the pass game. It was just a great performance from Minnesota. Overall, there's a lot to like about this offense. They've done a lot of great things this season. Defensively is what would worry me and should worry you if you're a fan of this team. There's still a lot of vulnerabilities, especially in the secondary. I understand they had three interceptions versus Penn State over the weekend, um, but most of those interceptions were just errored throws, just terrible throws to guys who, if the ball was placed correctly, were probably scoring touchdowns in multiple scenarios. Continuing on that note, we also saw Penn State find a good amount of success in the run game, which they weren't really able to stick to because they were having to play catch up. Um, and so with the clock against them, as well as with Minnesota, when they had the ball in their hands, um, they were running the clock out as well. And so Penn State had to go heavy into the pass game, weren't really able to, you know, commit to the run. But when they were running the ball, they were finding a lot of success. They finished with 460 yards of total offense. And so, like I said, I've loved everything I saw from this offense. They've got a lot of weapons and they've got a lot of potential. They're getting better as the weeks go by. But this defense is still something that leaves this Minnesota team very vulnerable. And while the box score shows a 31-26 to 26 score, you have to keep in mind that 
after Sean Clifford threw those three interceptions, they were one possession away from winning that game, and they were driving to win the game at the end of it. And so this defense, if they perform like they did against Penn State and really allow those types of opportunities to be given to Iowa, Iowa is the team that capitalizes on those types of opportunities. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're going to be playing at home. And so while this defense, we've seen what they can do when they play well, right? Holding teams like Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland to uh, under 10 points or to 10 points, uh, we've, seen, we've seen what their potential looks like. And obviously the big question is going to be whether or not they can play up to that potential this Saturday versus Iowa. Switching gears and taking a look at Iowa, Obviously, the most impactful players on that team on offense is Nate Stanley, quarterback, as well as Amir Marset-Smith out at wide receiver. They sometimes bring him into the slot. Um, but Amir Smith, a big-time impactful player, very athletic, um, You know, has deceiving speed in the backfield there. Like I talked about earlier in the season, they're pretty much a running back by committee with Sargent as well as Torn Young. Um, but this team is really, they don't necessarily stick to one thing. They like to go into the spread. They like to line you up and run run it straight at you. Um, but they're a very, you know, blue-collar type team. They play very hard. Uh, they're very disciplined. They stay disciplined to their keys. And really, it's it's one of those teams in the Big Ten. They're just like, you do your job, I'll do my job. And when everyone does their job, we're going to have success. They're not heavily dependent on any one type of person, right? It's it's kind of everyone makes plays, everyone contributes here and there. Um, obviously, this offensive line hasn't been the greatest at times. We've seen them struggle versus Michigan as well as Penn State in recent weeks. Um, and it's something that, you know, they've gotten you know, not necessarily better at, but um, we've seen some improvement in it over the past week versus Wisconsin. They got some better pass pro and had some success offensively versus a Wisconsin defense that was highly touted. I think this game couldn't have come at a better time for this Minnesota offensive front um, as they've been through the trenches with some of the best defensive fronts in the country, right? They've already faced Penn State, like we talked about, Minnesota and Wisconsin. And so, if anything, they're probably going to have their best game this weekend versus a Minnesota defensive front who hasn't, you know, necessarily been amazing. They've been good at times, but it's not going to be the best front that this O-line has faced throughout the season. Looking back on Nate Stanley, um, we've seen when he gets, you know, a decent amount of time, he's very accurate with the ball. He can make some plays and he can make throws outside the numbers in tight windows, um, but he really hasn't you know, to be fair, being given a good amount of time when he's faced some of these better defenses. And so those opportunities, like I talked about, that Penn State weren't able to take advantage of because of Sean Clifford's inaccuracy. Um, I think Nate Stanley is certainly a quarterback who has the ability to take advantage of those opportunities and playing at home and being in his comfort zone. Um, and with, you know, a decent amount of time in the pocket, I think he's certainly going to be able to uh, have a good opportunity to make those plays. Looking at the Iowa defense, obviously we know what they are. They're very gritty. Uh, again, just a blue-collar team, a team that you know gives each person an assignment, and it's a team. It's a team defense. You know, you do your job, I'll do my job. If you've been watching them this season, they've had some phenomenal performances from this defense, holding Michigan to 10 points, Penn State to 17 points, Northwestern to 0 points, and Wisconsin to just 24 points. And so they're getting a lot of production from this defense. This defense is a big reason why they're in a lot of these games to begin with. 
Overall, this defense has been phenomenal, mostly in the secondary. They've got a decent amount from the pass rush against certain particular teams. It, w- it hasn't been consistent enough to really uh, say that's something you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. Uh, as we know, they've got one of the best pass rushers in the country in A.J. Epineza. Um, but like I talked about, the secondary has been good as far as what, they've, what they haven't given up. Um, 117 to Penn State. 173 to Wisconsin and just 147 to Michigan. Obviously, there's an anomaly versus Purdue where Purdue went for 327. Um, but on a consistent basis, they've been very good in the secondary. The thing that uh, has been an issue for them has been in the in the run defense. They just allowed 300 to Wisconsin. But to be fair, really, whoever plays Wisconsin usually gives up anywhere from 200 to 300 yards on the ground. While it's never good to give up that amount of rushing yards to anyone, um, I think it's something that kind of shows that they're willing to make you drive the length of the field. They're willing to allow you to get those chunk, uh, those chunk runs, right? Those seven to eight to nine to ten rush uh, plays and give those up instead of giving you the big explosive play that really has the potential to put them out of the game. And so, if you give up too many explosive plays in the game, next thing you know, it's twenty-one to zero in the first quarter, and that's just not something that they allow. They rather bend and not break. And so while they're allowing these types of rushing yards to Penn State as well as Wisconsin, we're probably going to see that versus Minnesota as well. But like I talked about, they're probably going to go with a bend, not break mentality and allow you to drive the length of the field and make you work for every single point that you get and do their best to stop you once you get into the red zone. As far as how I see this game playing out, right now I think Iowa obviously has the advantage. They're playing at home, but they've also already had a chance to see a very similar style offense to Minnesota when they played Penn State. Penn State practically runs the same exact offensive scheme that Minnesota is going to be bringing into Kinnick Stadium as well. And so through that, they have experience. They're going to have advantage there. Minnesota, on the other hand, coming off of a high, coming off a Super Bowl type win against Penn State at home. I expect Iowa to play very conservative in the secondary. I think they're going to allow Minnesota to have everything underneath as far as the pass game goes. And I think they're only going to play with four up front. And they're going to allow them and force them to run the ball and give them everything short. Right? They're going to give them those five-yard runs, those six-yard runs, and make him, Tanner, Tanner Morgan, throw those passes underneath. They're just not going to allow the explosive play. And everything's going to come down to the red zone defense for Iowa. On offense, I think Iowa is going to find a good amount of success versus Minnesota. As I talked about, there's a lot of holes to be capitalized on in this Minnesota defense. We saw that in the secondary when Penn State played against Minnesota. Minnesota was at home. And even after, like I talked about, even after um, Sean Clifford threw three interceptions, they were still in a position to win that game. I just don't see Nate Stanley making those types of mistakes and putting himself in a, putting that team in a position to go down by that much. I don't see them having to play catch up, so they're going to be able to play their game. I believe Iowa's success in the pass game is going to open up avenues for them to find success in the run game. Overall, I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a good game. Iowa just knows how to pull the upset, especially at home in November. It's just what they do. It's what their stadium is known for. Um, I just love this Iowa team, hardworking Big Ten. Uh, This team practically epitomizes Big Ten football. And they they just give everyone their assignment. You do your job, you do your job, and we'll come out on top. And so for those reasons, I think Iowa wins at home in a close one by a field goal, last second field goal, 34 to 31. Once again, I have Iowa winning at home 
pulling the upset over Minnesota 34-31 to in a very close game. Uh, with that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks for following the channel. Thanks for supporting. Like, comment, subscribe. All that being said, you guys have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is Justin of The Critic signing off. Peace. Yeah, stay prepared for the up and down.